This call is now being recorded. Hello to all of our listeners today. Dr. Stanky and... Schmutzia. How you guys doing? What? So, did you have a good week, Schmutz? I had it. I had the best week ever. I went um, on on the drop tower at uh, the old King's Dominion. And I didn't get smushed. So it was job well done. How much does that cost nowadays? Uh, I, you see, I get a, I get a super, a good price. I, I, there's this hole in the wall that I can just crawl in and out. I, I don't want to give too many, too much details about it, but it's pretty. How, pretty how much does it cost for, for normal people? For normal people, I, it's about like twenty, twenty, thirty dollars. Take the menu. Yeah, I mean that that the last time I went, I paid was probably ten years ago. So I don't know, maybe it changed. There was um, some of our some of our listeners may or may not know about this, but there was uh, an amusement park um, that ran from about like the late seventies to about nineteen ninety seven uh, in um, uh, outside of New York City, New Jersey. About an hour and a half, two hours from uh, New York City. It was called Action Park. Um, now, there's a really great documentary about Action Park. Now, uh, you can find it called Class Action Park. Action Park, um, the thing about Action Park is they had no rules whatsoever. They did not give a shit what the people did. They, The people working there did not uh, watch you at all. You could do whatever you wanted. They did not give a shit. Jump off the rides, drop stuff on people, fight. They did not care. And the other crazy thing is they um they make super dangerous rides. Just to see like to see like what what's the most dangerous ride we can make. Um and I think over the course of the, the um I think like one or two people died at Action Park every year. There were like tens of thousands of injuries. Um the guy, the guy who um Open Action Park, he actually, he couldn't get any insurance, any liability insurance, so he uh, he just made up a fake company and, like, made fake insurance documents. You know what? Um, I, I need that kind of thrill. Like, I, I don't feel like I have to die enough uh, when I went to King's Dominion. It's not like the drive over there. So, you know, I, I really just want to get that little extra bump, you know. Class Action Park was freaking awesome, man. I went there in '95 um, when I was a, a sophomore or sophomore junior in high school. I went there as a sophomore, and um, I mean I said it was awesome because we didn't get killed. And you said 1885, right? Yeah, 1885. But I, you know when I when I, when I went there, they had these um these go karts, these like uh, go karts, like little race cars, and they would go about 60 miles an hour, and they had like a track, you know, and they had grass, and it was like a Grand Prix. They did not care what you did. Like, when we were driving, my friend decided that he wasn't going to drive on the track. He was just driving on the grass, driving, uh, you know, wherever he wanted. Nobody, literally, nobody cared what you did. You could do whatever you wanted. I don't even, and I think all the employees were all on drugs and not watching is, here is the, and that's why people loved Action Park. Because you, you know, could do whatever you wanted. It's such a tragedy what, what happened. You know, people found all these loopholes and, they, they, nobody wants to have fun anymore. 
you know, they, like, they can't even, McDonald's can't even serve hot coffee anymore. Like, like you know, because one old person was, like, singed. Like, well, what's up with this? Well, you know, something like 20 or 30 people did die, actually, Parks. <laughs> So, uh, and there, there 20 to 30 people. How many people went to Action Park a year? Like, I mean, like, come on. Like, 20 to 30, so you got well, yeah. years, you know, one. More people yeah. died from COVID. Well, here, here's the thing. Yes, here's, the, here's, the, here's the argument they made was that uh, it was, like, pure negligence. Like, one guy died because um, they had one of those alpine slides. You know, an alpine slides where you go down the... the oh, the, yeah. Solutions. And it was super dangerous. It had all these jumps in there. And, they, you know, they put signs up where to slow down in the track. But, you know, I, don't, I mean, you, if you sit and watch the Alpine slide, you see people, like, going out of it, like, flying out of it. But the one guy died because, um, you know, they didn't do any upkeep on the, on the equipment. He started going down, and uh, his, his uh, sled had no break. Oh, man. <laughs> Things used to be, things used to be like, think, think about it. Back in the day in Roman times, we go to see some kind of glad, like gladiator fight, right? You think that there wasn't some lion that got lost in the stands and started mauling people. And you think that stopped people from going? Fuck no. no that is a thrill. We got to live on the edge. You know, we like, like, People used to fucking die from dysentery when they were fucking 16, you know? Now we, we, we live such long lives. Let's make the most of it. Let's live life on the edge. I once saw in International Waters, I watched a, uh, in International Waters on a, on a barge, a monkey knife fight. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Monkey knife fight. Uh, that must have been exciting well. as fuck, though. Pretty wild stuff, yeah. Wait, man. so you were on the barge, or it was a videotape yeah. on the? You were on no, the barge. A, yeah, a monkey night fight in international waters. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Oh, I, think, I think it was run by like some kind of Chinese mafia or something. So, like, when you watch when you watched it, did you know which monkey was gonna win? Like, is there like a clear, like bigger, stronger monkey? No, I was, I just, uh, I was just following uh, my friend who was betting. Uh, was your friend Michael Vick, by any chance? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> hey, uh, why don't you tell us the big news about since uh, you're Jewish? Tell us the news about the Jews that you just read. That I just what, what, what news? You just told me some crazy shit, but there was you were just news. telling me like you were just telling me right before uh, right before we opened up the podcast about some. No, no, you just called me into some crazy fucking shit. I don't even know if that's technically anti-Semitic because you're just like fucking blowing all this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jews are not reptiles. I, I know I have to say that loud and clear, right, for, for some people in the audience, but we're very much not. We're, we're very. But actually, I I, I had this, I, I had this up. So you know the gypsies? Is that is that is that the correct term, or is there? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, but, we'll, you know, we're not, we're not politically correct here, actually. We, yeah. I, I find that someone being politically incorrect, you know, Jews, yeah, yeah, that's, gypsies, tykes, whatever, you know. So. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> Man, the, the censorship, wow. what the fuck? He, no, wow. he's talking about, you know. uh, he, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> 
Any, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop myself before saying the N word. Yeah, yeah, you should. Beep. I'll just bleep you out. But um, <laughs> no, I, yeah. No. Anyway, I don't even know. You derail. Choo choo. Just fucking derailed. Uh, no. But the gypsies, the gypsies. Who came first, the gypsies or the Jews? Ah, uh, I've been the same. Well, like as travelers, I wonder. I wonder if the Jews actually came from the gypsies. I was like thinking, like, because there's uh, so no, many people like the gypsies. No, because the gypsies came from, uh, uh, you know, they, they came... Uh, Whatever place you name, uh, India, I'm going to say, came, oh, the Jews came there. The, I, they came from, like, India. No, uh, the uh, Jews came from, like, India and went up into, like, Romania. And you know what's actually interesting? I know Romania, yeah, but... If you yeah. go to Portugal, you go to Portugal, uh, Portugal, all drugs are decriminalized. So if you go to Portugal, um, there are lots of people selling, like, drugs on the street. Um, uh-huh. And you got... You got um, two types of people um, that are selling two two types of drug dealers. You got Africans and gypsies, the brown and the black, selling drugs on, on the street. Um, now, when I lived in Portugal, I always made a point to uh, buy my drugs from Africans. Uh, the Africans were um, more trustworthy. Uh, they were less sketchy. Uh, you weren't going to get ripped off. I mean, the gypsies were like, they're like, they live like so outside of society that like, they don't even, it's like they got, they've, they've culturalized themselves. See, cultures, dude, cultures have a tendency to do this to themselves. Um, you find that a culture will internalize all these bad things. For various reasons, and then they'll start saying, "Oh, it's our culture," so they don't have to change. So, for example, I got a I got a rebuttal for that though. What about the Amish? You know, you try to buy pies from the Amish; they're always going to be like, you know, a one. So I don't think the culture. No, no, no. What I'm saying is they, 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 um, you know, cultures sometimes tend to like internalize bad things that they don't want to change. And then say it's part of their uh-huh. culture, so they don't have to change. So I'll give you an example. Or you go to Kyrgyzstan, you you Kyrgyz now have internalized being alcoholics and being lazy. Mm-hmm. They are. They're all they're lazy alcoholics. I know that's a generalization, and there are Kyrgyz that are not. But you go there, you will see that they're lazy alcoholics uh, and and tea addicted freaks. Uh, and, no, and, they, like, and they say, this is what they say, they'll say, why are you guys so lazy? They're like, that's our culture. Why are you guys alcoholic? Well, that's our culture. And it's not their culture, it's bullshit. What they've done is they internalize that because it's easier, it's easier for them to say, well, that's our culture. Because if that's your culture, well, then you don't have to change anything. You don't have to do any hard work. Uh-huh. You don't have to speak out about I it. I think that yeah. there's, there's worse ways you could go. Like, you know, some culture led to cannibalism led to uh, taking the hearts out of, like, living sacrifices, you know. Uh, so, it, it, and, and just skinning animals alive and wearing the skin as pelts. So, I guess uh, I guess in terms of if, if, if a culture leads you to just being more drunk, you know, it's, it's better to be more high, obviously, but... Uh, well, so, my, my point was that, like, the gypsies have done that. They've lived themselves, they've lived outside of society, and they... they 
to build this culture, they said in their culture to be outside society and, and to uh, to uh-huh. make cheating like their culture, to make stealing their culture, to make these things oh, their culture. Okay. They've, made it, they've made it their culture, and now their culture, they have internalized this culture living outside society, living as outcasts, living as thieves, living as... No, no but, as, but, but, but as let's say reverse, right? What came first, the chicken or the egg? It, what if the gypsies... Because the other end of it is no culture, no outside culture will let let them in, you know, much like... Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. answer that question, but my point was, so, you know... Um, they have to cheat, they have to steal, you, because the, the no, there's no other go, way. If you go to Portugal, do not buy drugs from the gypsies, and they are so aggressive, like, they, first of all, you know, this goes anywhere, if any of our listeners go to some country where you got these poor people uh, hawking all these stuff, like gypsies are selling drugs. Um, well, let me go back. So in Portugal, if you start, if you even like look towards a gypsy with got some drugs, he will follow you. And I've seen where they'll come up and they'll even just put the drugs in your pocket and then they'll tell you you bought it. They'll say, oh, you, you, you bought it, now give me money. Um, so, and here's the, uh, I'm going to give advice to people. If you ever go somewhere, like this has happened to me in Jamaica, it's happened to me in India, it's happened to me in Africa, it's happened to me in many of these places where you got these people who are selling some kind of trinkets or souvenirs to the tourists, right? And they'll come up and, you know, first of all, don't ever show interest in anything unless you are going to buy it. If you fucking show interest, they will follow you, especially in India. I had um, when I was in India, we went to some temple, and I was with my friend who's Russian. This guy followed, I literally followed my friend a whole what? two and a half hours saying, buy my, buy, 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 for two freaking hours. And my friend didn't even speak English. Finally, my friend punched him. Oh, shit. My friend was like, it's a he, no, and that's not an exaggeration. I'm not exaggerating. He literally followed him for two hours saying... Because he thought that he was going to end up buying something, or was he just... Yeah, yeah. no, because he thought... Now, and so the point is, don't ever show interest in any of those trinkets, ever. If you show interest, they will latch on to you like, like, like some kind of leech. Second, don't ever, ever, ever take any item to look at it. If you take the item, you might as well buy it, because often what they do is they will not take it back. You try to get it back, then they won't take it back, and I'll say, now you Okay, but this is my question. Was there any, like, centralized gypsy authority that had some power? Like, because in every single place, like, yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of blaming this on the lack of acceptance from other communities, and, and you know, they yeah, have Yeah, but why, why, why do we blame stuff. it? Let's blend it. Let's blend it where it should blend. Let's blend the Jews. <laughs> oh, I, oh my gosh! I'm sorry. No, I had no idea it was going that direction. No, no, no. no. Blame the scapegoat on the other scapegoat. No, let's blame the non-scapegoat that keeps calling them the scapegoat. Um, you know, um, here's interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I did some impromptu. Um, some impromptu like surveys while I was in Portugal. There's a lot of gypsies in Portugal. Um, you know, like, first I did, you know, I asked my friends, I'd ask all the women I know, you know, I'd ask, you know, 
what would their parents say if they were said they would uh, marry a gypsy? All of them were like, my parents would lock me up in a freaking tower. <laughs> so all of them, you know. And here's the other thing: is I, okay. I always, I like to ask people. So in every damn, so that's super racist to gypsies. Yeah, oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And to every every um part of the world, every part of the world has um what that part of the world a place that that part of the world considers trash. And it's, it's everywhere. I mean, so like if you go to if you go to Central America and you ask them who's the trash in Central America, they're gonna tell you El Salvador. Oh really? Uh-huh. If you go to uh, if you go to the Middle East, who's the trash of the world? They're going to tell you Iraqis and uh, uh, Palestinians. Is there is there color is there colorism? It, pretending uh, like, well, are there more so, darker people in El Salvador? Because yeah, I, I know that. I mean, and, and look, India, Pakistan. Uh-huh. Yeah, so right. So everywhere you go, if you ask those people, you say, who's the trash? And in, in, in Asia, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be Myanmar. You know, uh, uh-huh. so every single no, white it, region uh-huh. has somebody that they will, and that's not me. Like, I, I got nothing against that. They're gonna, but they will tell you. And if you start asking, what's interesting is you go to any region and you start asking, you're going to get, like, basically one or two answers. It's not like it changes. It's not like you get, like, you know, out of 20 people, it's not like they say 10 different places. No, you start asking, like, 100 people. All of those 100 people are going to say, you know, you only get, like, one or two answers. You get one or two answers. Um, but is it the only way to fix the problem is mixing, you know, like, more my diversity, well, like, other people, because well, everybody... Mean, you actually, uh, isn't, aren't your people, like, against mixing? Your people are... No, really no. I, look, do you think that yeah. the majority of our people are orthodox? Like, there's... No, there's but so if, many, I wanted, if I wanted to marry... Judaism is... If serious. I wanted to marry a Jew, they're going to make me, they're going to make me uh, a convert. Some, some will, you know, some will... Yeah, so it's, but, but it's just like any other religion. Uh, you know, no, it was more so back in the day because we had to, there was more anti-Semitism and more racism just all up in everybody's face. And we, like, I guess the Jewish people wanted to keep that, like, you know, keep more Jewish blood. Yeah, keep keep the traditions. Um, but it, it made sense more back in the day because it was like us against the world, almost. And I don't mean that, like... And, you know, it was, no, 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 it wasn't us against the world. It was the world against us. And and so we, we felt like if we were uh, bearing the Christians and all that, we were losing our identity because, yeah. So it, so it was different. And, and now is a different time. Like, your, voice sounds, your voice sounds a little bit weird today, let's see. What are you talking about? Your voice sounds a little bit weird. My voice, yeah, I... When I was at King's Dominion, I had I had way too many funnel cakes. It's, it's getting to my head with all the sugars um, and all. Here, here's here's an interesting thing. When I was in Europe, uh, and I'd ask the same question. I'd ask, okay, who's the trash in Europe? I got the same answer. Romania. 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 Why does everybody get on the Romanians? Well, I think I... I you know what? Actually, so here's here's what happened. The first thing the first thing that I got the answer is 
what's the track of Europe? First thing, always people would say gypsies. And I'd say, well, I didn't really mean the gypsies because they don't really have their own country. So uh, I'm trying to stick with like some kind of country. Then they would all immediately say Romania. But it's interesting because that's where the, mainly the gypsies came from. You know, it, it, in the U.S., right, the only, like, people that are called trash are white trash. So, so it's a little Yeah, but even in, the, even, even in the U.S., we have that. We all know. We all know. If, if, if I say to somebody... We all know. Around, well, look, no, we all... That's because say, racism is inherent. But, no, look, if you, if you go, and you probably, you may agree with me, I'm going to ask you, which state is the trash state? I guess we, uh, well, as a, no, it's different for everybody. As a Northeast. I'm asking you. I know, I'm asking you. Which state? Well, no, I mean, like, I, I, I look at it, I, I try to look at it like, you know, I, I would say that the South, North, Northeasterners think of the South as more, uh, with, with trash, or I guess. Right. But. Well, try this experiment, guys. Go, start asking around. But that's obviously you're gonna, not true. You're, you're, these are the answers you're going to get. You're going to hear Louisiana, Mississippi, and Florida. No, not Florida. Well, I, not, I don't think so. Nah, well, like Florida. It's Disney World. Florida, not as much, but Florida you get because they're crazy. So if you're at the craziest thing. But, fine. We'll take well, Florida. Because Portland you're right, Florida's crazy. got to be this. Florida's got the beaches. You might not hear Florida as much, but you're going to hear Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama. So the the ones not even Alabama as much, but, but Mississippi, Mississippi, and Louisiana, you yeah. will hear like like more often than any other state. Yeah, that's trash. Now, wasn't like the Florida, governor? Didn't the governor of one of those places like had sex with a fifteen-year-old or something? Maybe you know. Really it, it, of course. And it's you know, and it probably corresponds. It probably corresponds to um, people have this inherent um, understanding of who's who is the poorest and who has the low the lowest education factor. And when you look at you start looking wow. at states, you find that Mississippi and Louisiana are two of the most poorest states and the worst in any education. Yeah, so, so when, when, when people, when, no, no, that's a good thing you're bringing up, because when people think of trash, right, it's always, it's never rich people, it's never even middle, middle class people, it's poor people, right? The, right. You, you put, you give poor people money, and they're instantly not trash. So, so, well, all those places, like, I has, mean, who has more money? I, I, I guess that's the question. Who has more where, money? Where the Beverly Hillbillies, were the Beverly Hillbillies right. trash? There's an argument that, yes, they were. Uh-huh. Well, you know, you, know, okay. no, no. So you you take people's culture and you give them money and you say that they're still trash. I, yeah, I, I I mean, but... I mean, you, you know I, who the Beverly Hillbillies were, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you, you yeah, know. there are rare cases, you know. I mean, it's Kid Rock trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many would argue, yeah. Well, you know, you're giving names. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, no, but. I know, I'm not you. No, no, technically not. No, technically not. If we say, but I think that we shouldn't just say poor people are trash, you know. Okay, right, not poor. What is trash? Like, I, I, it's not, poor people aren't, like, inherently, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, I guess. 
But I don't think I, I would say rich people are more trash than than poor people because rich people they they have all the every opportunity to be good or to live a a good life and to give more, right? And they don't. Which you know well, it makes my, sense. My, my, my point was this. My point was this, and I noticed. This is my point. Is that I noticed wherever I went, whatever region I was in, you could you could ask a whole wide variety of people. And you could just, it was just an experiment I was doing, so I was just curious, like, who's the trash of your neighborhood? And, and, and it probably, and it probably, you know, and, and it probably also works on a smaller level. Probably if you walk around, if you walk around an actual neighborhood, right, and you start asking the people that live in that, uh, you know, that, that housing complex or that neighborhood, who's the trash of the neighborhood? They all know, or not that they all know, they all they all have some sort of agreement on a number, one or two people that they collectively feel, for whatever reasons, are lesser. It's, it's than old man Henderson that, that's missing, you know, one leg. It's the guy that can't fend for themselves. The the guy who lost his family and is now a hobo. You know, uh, like it's just it's the per- person that everybody has ostracized because they. They have, you know, they they just didn't make it, or they didn't conform enough to the society, or they had some mental disabilities or challenges. It's it's you know the people that we all deem as weak. Where I and I don't think that that's how we should define trash though, because trash I guess oh no you know what trash is something we've thrown out, right? It's well, like and trash the society is thrown out. To to be fair, to be fair, I didn't I didn't define what was trash when I was asking people. You know, everybody had their own definition. It might be, it might be one of those things that everybody, for whatever reason, intrinsically has the same idea of what trash is. But I didn't go out defining trash. I just asked, you know, who's the trash of the neighborhood? And everywhere I went, all of these regions, they always pointed to one or two people. I mean, that's you actually, could ask, it, it, that's interesting. Like you could, you could say, who, what, what person or what couple people would you least uh, like, like to be, right? To, to you, if you could switch places with anybody in the world, or like, cannot switch places with. Here's the question. That would be. Is, is, yeah. is Donald Trump trash? Yes, I, I think so. Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. But, but no, no, yeah, but then right. again, it's, it depends, it's all relative, right? How do we, how do we define trash? Uh, so we're, we're looking at Donald Trump's like, if you if you could switch shoes with him like this evil person, uh, but I guess he has he still has a lot he has a lot of power and influence. Well, so you know, people how, how, want to define I would, trash as I would define trash. I mean, if we're talking to define trash, I would define trash is um, somebody who who uh, actively uh, makes works towards making society worse. Somebody who um, doesn't doesn't have any empathy to help anybody else. Somebody who has no um, no will or want to um, strengthen the community. Somebody who um, doesn't have any will or want to conform to any of any uh, agreed upon rules or regulations. Uh-huh. You know, they just do it on a whim. They, they don't have any. 
So that's I, I, agree, I, I agree with that, but there is something there is something good you know, good that's come out of it. And it's that you know you know how like lawyers some lawyers they defend um serial killers, right? And and the reason why they do it is to show the problems with the system. Like to show that to show that there's there's these loopholes that these people can get away with it, right? And so if Trump didn't come, somebody else would have. Uh, this was all supposed to happen. This this was all going to happen because of the system, and with the rise of media, you know, it, it unleashed it unleashed this new aspect. And I would actually argue that freedom, this country, what's what's going on, what we see, is the bis- biggest example of how free our country really is. To have somebody well, like that. So I think you're uh, you're on a, you're on a good point there. Um, so, for example, um, the, you know, I use Hitler. If Hitler had not killed himself, it's some alternative reality. If he killed himself had, close, right? Well, no, let's just, well, I mean, some people say he actually went to Argentina, but let's, yeah, let's some alternative reality. Let's say that he somehow was apprehended and he stood trial at Nuremberg. He would have needed a lawyer, and he would have had a right yeah. to a lawyer, right? Yeah, and yeah. you can only imagine what, how the society at large would view that person who is defending Hitler. And it happened with Saddam Hussein. But Saddam Hussein had a lawyer. But the guy who defended Saddam Hussein was universally hated in Iraq and, like, got death threats and, like, people uh, destroy, like, burned his house down. And, and, and I uh, think that, and, and, and quite honestly, for me, I think that guy is a hero, not because he's defending uh, Saddam Hussein, but because if we say if we say that if we say that everybody, uh, what we all agree on is everybody's got the right to some kind of legal defense. Yeah. Well, that takes a big man fucking go out there. A hundred, yeah, a hundred percent. No, I agree with that. I agree with that entirely. But, but you know, I, I, it takes a big man. But sometimes I've gone, I've gone back and forth with it because like. The the Sandy, the uh, like some of these serial killers who do the most biggest atrocities, they get defended. And at first, initially, I get really fucking pissed the fuck off at the people defending them. So like, oh, but they're doing it. They're doing it so that it's legitimate that he gets sent away. So that well, it, I mean, you know that it's in the because that's, scope that's what of the we've law. All agreed on. We've all agreed on. Now, if we want to change the rules, fine. If we want to change the rules and say, well, if you uh, if you uh, get accused of doing something, well, you don't get an offense. Okay, we should agree upon to change the rules. But um, you know, and and like I mean, I, I just can't imagine. Can you imagine like your firm comes to you and say, hey, okay, yeah, we, you got to defend Hitler. And, I, I, would rather, got, I would rather kill myself and go to Argentina. <laughs> well, I mean, but doesn't that doesn't that make you a uh, doesn't that make you a hero? A coward, I guess. <laughs> but doesn't that make you a, no? Doesn't that make you a hero? If you're the one willing to defend Hitler when we say that that's 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 what our system that's what we need that's what our system needs to be able to hold itself up. Well, no, 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 actually, that's a good, that's a good point. If you, if you're receiving death threats, if you're doing something, I think that being a hero is, is being brave, right? Having, having fear and putting that on the line and sticking to your beliefs. Um, 
for some greater cause. So, so that is being a hero, but it just depends on what it, some people would do that just to get the clout, just to get the fame, just to say that he did it. Like Alan Dershowitz, he's just all about, he wants to be. Yeah, Alan Dershowitz is a piece of shit. Alan Dershowitz is a piece of shit. But, so, I'm not going to tell you the reason it. Malcolm X, Malcolm X is a hero because he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to get killed. And he still stayed. He could have left. He could have just left. Uh, you know, I will give you an example. Uh, Alan Dershowitz was a piece of shit. Not because he defended Hitler or defended OJ. Not because uh, with that. He's a piece of shit because he's uh, boys with uh, Jeffrey Epstein and he's fucking all those girls. Oh, my God. You, so you, you, you believe that? Yeah. No, I'll give you an example. I'm not um, saying, like, I, like, I don't believe it, but I, I, I'm... I'm just not. I, I don't my know. my father, my father after um right after nine eleven, um he in right after nine eleven um the U.S. government they uh, just started detaining people wholesale in Afghanistan and Pakistan and they um, right or wrongly they just started detaining people and sending them to Guantanamo Bay with no charges, with no evidence. They wouldn't let them see the evidence. They wouldn't let them charges. They wouldn't let them have lawyers. They wouldn't let them do that. They wouldn't let them, you know, they totally, um, uh, you know, were... Wait, wait, you're saying they were right from Afghanistan, right? Well, no, they weren't all from Afghanistan. You they had enough evidence itself that they're from No, no, they weren't Afghanistan. There were all kinds of people that got swept up in it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and here's the, the point is that there were a number of Kuwaitis that were in Afghanistan doing um, humanitarian work. And they got swept up and sent to Guantanamo Bay. All right? And they were sent there. They were held there for 20 years without charges. Um, and my father was um, my father was asked by the ruler of Kuwait to be the um, to be the lead counsel to bring a lawsuit uh, against the United States government because you know, and it wasn't. It wasn't about the lawsuit. Wasn't you're about, a family of traitors. <laughs> well, this is, this is the point. This is what I'm gonna say. The lawsuit wasn't about um, wasn't about whether or not these people were guilty or not guilty. What were they doing? That's not what it was about. What it was about was that uh, the U.S. government sent them to Guantanamo Bay, didn't lay any charges on, wouldn't let them see any evidence, wouldn't let them talk to lawyers holding them without charge for years and yeah. years and years and years. And so that was the lawsuit. It had nothing. And the lawsuit was that, look, you arrested them, fine. Give them their day in court. Let them see the evidence. Let them have lawyers. Send them to court. Let them let them uh, have their day in court. And then if that plays out and they're found guilty, okay, that's the decision we have. But the, the lawsuit was, against it, this is unconstitutional, what they were doing. Now, my point is, is that uh, at, at right after 9-11, that's what he was. He was a traitor. He had, he was, oh, wow. he got death threats. He got, um, he got lost, he lost friends. He lost colleagues. Uh-huh. He lost jobs. It, Dick Cheney uh, and the Cheneys, they printed all of the people they were involved there, and it, it wasn't the first. There were other countries that had uh, citizens swept up too, and there were other lawsuits also, like the one my my father was involved with, the Kalei one. The well, Chinese, the Chinese like the- took an advertisement out in the Washington Post and printed all their names, 
in the Washington oh Post that said that people should like protest them and send them nasty letters and disbar them because they're traitors. The government threw out a full page advertisement listing all these people's names, these lawyers' names in the Washington Post saying that, that uh, they should have retribution taken against them because simply because of the fact that they were representing these terrorists. I'm that's wow, that's wild. Now because ultimately I guess, I guess the other side is to think if you're defending these other people that well they're like, but, Oh, you, you don't care but, about this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was, it was they weren't they weren't even they wasn't even defending. They weren't even defending. That's the thing. That's the other thing. They weren't defending anybody because there was no criminal charges. There was no criminal proceeding. What they were doing was suing the government to force them to bring charges, to let them share the evidence, to let them have lawyers, to process them in, 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 in a criminal court. So I guess so in, the, in the larger scheme of things, it's, it's if there's an abuse of power, right, it's people like, you know, your, your father that is, is trying to restore the balance, which is what the justice system does. And so in terms in of my restoring years, balance, uh, that makes sense. In my younger years, I also was an idiot like everybody else. I bought into that propaganda. And I also was like, what are you doing? What are you, do- why are you, what are you doing? Dad, there's all, these know, li- there's all these conservative assholes outside our house. What the fuck are you doing here? I'm trying yeah, to go to what? school. So no, not that conservative, not even conservative. It was conservative. I don't even, oh, I don't even know. At that point, you know, you can imagine right after nine eleven, it was there was no there was oh. no conservative or liberal split. I mean, everybody, Americans outside my house. Everybody had bought into the bullshit that the Bush administration was, was selling. Um, I wanted to. I know the second week we said I was going to share a story uh, once a week, and I forgot to share a story next week. So I would, I would uh, share, I'll, I'll share a story with our listeners. Um, it's, uh, it's a, I don't want to say a long story, but it's a story, but we'll, we'll tell Well, it. All right. right before you say, share the story, I just have this really quick thing I wanted to share. It's, it's the, I, I was listening to a debate with Jordan Peterson who can really fucking annoy me. And the other guy said this thing. I'm just going to say it right now. I think it's pretty pretty cool. So a godlike figure passes through a village and walks up to a humble farmer. He tells the farmer that he has special powers. I will give you anything you want, but whatever I give you, I will give twice as much to your neighbor. The farmer asks without hesitation to be blinded in one eye. You get it? He wants to fuck it. Yeah, he wants to fuck his neighbor. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. He, he thinks, he thinks like I'm blind. I, I just get myself, I just get my tactical, I get myself a tactical advantage over my neighbor. Now I can, I can take all his stuff. Yeah, he would, he would rather his neighbor, he would rather his neighbor suffer twice as much so he could, yeah, destroy the neighbor instead of instead of asking for a million dollars and having the neighbor looking over at the neighbor with two million dollars. But, but that's who, kind of how people are. Whose point was that? That was Jordan Peterson that was, was saying. No, that? the other guy's point. It, it's it, the, the idea is you could give you could give some of these people right. You could give them millions of dollars, and they'll be told that someone else has more millions, and that you got to get them, and they'll never be happy. Nobody will ever be content. It doesn't matter. Our lives are a thousand times better than they were 
uh, 60 years ago, but it's never going to be enough. Because, when, yeah, it's never going to be enough. When I was younger, my grandfather, um, my grandfather used to like go, he would go to like drive around to all the uh, like grocery stores in the town. And he would, he would like, he had, he had, um, he had like these deals with all the, the, the general managers at all like the grocery stores, you know, when they got some, say, milk. Uh, that was like, first of all, you know the expiration date on food is bullshit, right? It's the biggest thing. Oh, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, so it's bullshit. Just do some research about it. The expiration date on food, they have, oh, the sell-by date. They have a sell-by date. Yeah, it's complete bullshit. They just do that so they can sell more products. So, you know, you can frequently get stuff that um, is good well after the sell-by date. But so, um, my grandfather would have, like, uh, these um, deals with all these store managers uh, where, you know, when stuff was getting close to the sell-by date, uh, they would pull it off the shelves and they would put it aside and he would come in and either they would give it to him for free or maybe he would pay some kind of pittance for it, you know, minimal amount of money. So we so we go around and we collect you know like 200 gallons of milk or something like that right for example and we collect all this milk and then we would take it down to the homeless shelter or like food shelter or wherever you know and we would donate it and um, he would um, I remember one time we had like 200 gallons of milk some crazy amount of milk and we drove up to this like uh, I was little I don't know if it was like Homeless shelter or some, I don't know what it was, because I was too young to know, but it was some place where people who were extremely poor were congregating. That's all I don't remember exactly what it was. And we were bringing all this milk, right? And the people sitting on the stoop, they're like looking at us like, like they hated us. Like they were like, you stupid motherfuckers, you're gonna Come and help me. You're such a dumb fuck. Right? Like, looking at us like some kind of hatred, right? And one guy even said, he's like, what are you doing? And he even said something like, you dumb fuck. Like, wasting your time, bringing us food, trying to help us, some shit like that. Something like that. I don't remember what he said, but something to that effect. And you could, you could see it in their eyes. Like, like, uh, like a real, almost hatred that we're helping him, right? And I said to my grandpa, I was like, this is bullshit, man. I'm like, we're there. I'm like, this is bullshit. Fuck you guys. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I was a kid, but I didn't say it like that, but I was like, fuck <laughs> these guys. I was like, this is bullshit. You ever waste my Saturday doing this? And these motherfuckers are gonna, are gonna front like that? And he said, he said, uh, you know, he's a wise man. He said, Michael, he said, you gotta understand that the person for the people that, you know, he's a religious guy, that, that God demands that you help, are the ones that are so fucked up that they can't even help themselves. Uh-huh. And so his his point was that he, he, he knew that's what he was getting, but he chose those places to go to because those people were so fucked by whatever, you know, by their situation, by a practice some, by some kind of mental health that they drilled in their head that they, they did a mind fucking themselves. But they were so screwed up 
Then when somebody was bringing them tons of milk, they're looking at like, fuck you, get out of here, you dumb asshole. That's who he chose to go help. And, and he, you know... That's, yeah, so. no, that's really, it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I've been thinking a lot, uh, you know, mental illness. It, it's like you got, every, every human being has fight in them, right? That we all, we all have fight in us to survive. And these people, some people, they fight themselves and, and they win. So, so it's like they actually do win, but it's just the bad side that prevails. And once you fight yourself, and and your other side is pounded to a pulp. You know, sometimes you can never get, you can never get back. Uh, you fuck yourself so much you can't even help yourself. Yeah, I I it's 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 very sad when you see it, and you think and, and but you think that you think that because they do nothing, you know, all day, you know, the the lazy or this and that. It's like you would never in a million years want to choose their life. Like, if you work really hard every day, you would never want to do nothing and be like them. But we act as though they're living the life. It's like, oh, they're on welfare. Like, they're on this and that. It's like, no, no, no. no. That's only idiotic Republicans that say that shit. Uh, A lot lot of people. But but, but one one more thing. I was was just walking in the street, and I had some, you know, spare change in my pocket. And this homeless, this homeless person's asking me, you know, for money. And I go and I give him the spare change and he looks at the change and he gives it back to me. And he goes, fuck you. you like, he wanted a full dollar. Like, he, I was like, what the fuck? And this has happened multiple times. So I'm never giving a homeless person change because they don't want it anymore. Like, I don't know. I, I used to think you give, you know, you give a quarter, like a couple quarters, you know, uh, the extra change. But no, you, you need dollar bills. Like this one home, like yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't dollar even know. Dollar bills, y'all. So, yeah, like I uh, have no idea because everybody has cell phones now. I don't, like I even homeless people have cell phones. So I got a story. So here's the story. I, I'm gonna give. So I'm gonna start this story. I got. There's a story that comes before this, but uh, I'll save the first part of the story for some other time. So the first part of the story is that I was doing research in India, and there is a, a militant group in India. They're called the Maladi. They are like communists. They, they follow, uh, well, they say they follow anyways, um, uh, you know, Chinese Maoist communist ideology. And they have been fighting against the government for 50 years, or 60 years. Since, like, 1962, they've been fighting against the government. Um, this war, in 2003, they had, like, 20,000 soldiers, and they controlled something like um, 50 districts across seven Indian states. Oh, in 2013, this is when I was there, they had uh, 60,000 soldiers, and they controlled 297 districts across 20 Indian states. So in the course of 10 years, uh, they had tripled the size of their army and uh, almost um, quadrupled the size of the territory they controlled, right? Um, so our research, more investigative journalism, we just decided we were going to go into the jungle and see if we could find this group and talk to them. Now, um, that like that's a good not... Idea. 
there was a terrible idea, but I'm, I, can, I can go over it. I can tell that story later on. This story comes from um, we did find the group, and then we ended up getting arrested by the Indian police uh, because all these areas we were in were restricted areas. They, didn't, they don't have foreigners in them. So the police uh, put us on a train in the state we were in and said they, they made sure we left their state to the next day. So um, it's on this train ride. It's on this train ride while, while I'll start the story. Um, the train ride, this particular period of time, there was like this festival that was um, happening and everybody and their mama was trying to get from like where we were to like the end of this train line, right? So we were, we got on the train, we were in coach, coach train, we, we, you know, we were in the first class and I noticed the train people were locking the first class down and they had like guards standing at the first class cars doors, right? So that's weird. So we get in, we're, we're, and we're in the coach class, but we still had like kind of a sleeper, like we, it's not like a bed, it was over the window, like sitting up, so we just had a little like bed there. And um, we left the station, and then like maybe a couple minutes, the train stopped like outside, like past the station, like in the middle of nowhere. And I look out my window, and in not an exaggeration, it, like, it was like some kind of fucking zombie attack. Like, out of the jungle, like, thousands of people just, like, were, like, running at the train. Like, fucking the running fuck? at, like, thousands of people, like, running at the train, like, forcing the doors open, like, throwing babies up on the top of the train, and people climbing on the top. People were, like, swarming through the freaking windows, like, and there were police, like, pulling people down and, like, hitting them with, like, sticks and stuff. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, it, it was like a, you can probably find videos of this online. I, I think this happens quite often. Like, you know, like a fucking zombie attack. And that's why they locked the first door of care. That's why they had on the guards. They didn't want these guys to get into the first class sleeping area. So, uh, from my understanding, what it was, everybody was trying to get on this train to this particular route at this particular day. So every they couldn't get any tickets because there were no tickets. And two Muslims couldn't afford a ticket, so they just like fucking bum rush the train and jump through the windows, throw their babies on the freaking train, climb on top of the train, and like so why when when the zombie attack first zombie attack finished, like let's say the for example, let's say the car that I was on was supposed to have had space for one hundred people with tickets. There was probably like 800 people crammed in this fucking train. Like, I, it's not exaggerating, like sardines in a can. And there were people on top of the train. And it kept getting worse. There were multiple zombie attacks like this all the way. And I had, like, when, 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 like, when I saw this happening, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, and my friend, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You probably I fucking terrified. I, mean, I was like, I don't know what's going on. But I just was like, you know what? I was like, you know, I, I'm not going to give up my space. So I tried to, like, I tried to, like, lay out on my bed and spread out so I could, like, block all these fucking assholes from, like, cramming into my space, right? Um, <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, I did that pretty well from the beginning. But what happened is, like, you can't just lay sprawled out, like, for eight hours without moving. It's, not, it's impossible. Right? You, so, like, 
over the course of like the nine or ten hours on this freaking train, which by the way it was like five million degrees inside this car with eight million people crammed in there like sardines. But every time like I would shift a little bit on my bed, some freaking you know milk dead caramel motherfucker or mocha looking motherfucker would jump into my face. Yo. Or like, and I'd like I'd like try and kick him off the bed. I was like kicking people off the bed and shit. Like, but I can say every time I moved like one inch. Or, like, you know, try to reposition myself because you can't just lay there, like, not moving. Could Somebody you fucking breathe? That, like, like, that sounds like... Not really. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was, like, the most, like... And, and then people realize that, like, they figure out that, like, uh, I'm kicking motherfuckers off the bed. That was insane. I was like, fuck this. I was like, yeah. <laughs> they figure out that I was... So what they did was, instead of, like, grubs, they were pack babies. And put the babies on my bed thinking that, like, probably I wasn't going to fucking kick the babies off the bed. Are you fucking kidding me? They put babies no, on the bed to get you to yeah, fucking, no. like, have empathy? No, yeah. But, yeah, it was, but it was funny because it was like, it was like, literally it was like, you ever been to a concert where you see people, like, crowd surfing? Right? It was like that with babies. Like, I'd move and I'd see, like, a baby, like, crowd surfing, like, down the train, like. Like, I see him coming, like, oh, fuck, you know, the baby. Boom, he's in my space. Yeah, we're going to need 10 more babies on this bed to get this guy to chill the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, sir, you already already killed two babies. You you really want to fucking have a third one in your goddamn conscience? So, like, like, it was, was like, that, that train ride experience was probably the... One of the, the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. Like, it smelled like shit. It was like, like, it was like, uh, I, the thing is, like, you can't, I can't, like, I can't even describe it because if I describe it, like, how it was, people were like, that's bullshit. That can't be true. They're like, there's no way it was like, like that. World it was mean. like that. So, oh, the other God. thing was, there are all these motherfuckers on the top of the train. Right? And I thought to myself, I'm like, damn, that's probably better up there. Because I, yeah. I hear him, I'm like, yeah, I'm a better time. Because I hear him, like, banging on drums and, like, singing all these songs, like, all the way. Turning, whoa, 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 the whole time, right? So I'm like, damn, man, I should climb up there. That's probably, like, you know, temperatures better, at least in the nighttime, in the daytime, it was, like, probably unbearable, too. The fucking heat is coming down. This is in the summer. So, but I'm like, damn, man, they got some prime real estate up there. But um, the Indian government, they like to discourage uh, fuckers from riding on the top of the train. So what they do is, um, along the train lines, they hang they hang these like metal balls. I don't think they don't have spikes on them, but they hang these these metal balls down mm-hmm. on chains, so that like if somebody's on the train, uh, you're gonna have to dodge these metal balls. You know, you gotta like pay attention. You don't have to smash into you and kill you. Oh. Because they don't want people riding on the top of the train, so they put all these obstacles. They're like hanging down. What the fuck? Riding, so if you're riding on the train, on the top of the train, well, that's dangerous. So that's like, it's just like, a, like a, uh, you know, a deterrent. So, like, I just, I just complained today getting a Starbucks because they didn't put enough milk in my shit, you know? <laughs> like, I imagine if I fucking was like uh, pretty much the Untouchables, right? I mean, like, dude, 
just it, this, 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 the train ride was the most insane thing I've ever experienced, and it was really like a freaking zombie attack. Finally, we got to our destination. Like, we get off the train. You know, we go through the freaking train station, and it's like getting punched in the face by, like, the nasty smells and sights of India. And uh, we walk outside the train station, thinking that there's going to be a respite once we get out of the train station from all the, the terrible, terrible, like, scenery and smell. We get outside the train station and we start walking. We're going to find a hotel. And I I see out of the corner of my eye I see people like uh, we went right but like as I was turning right I saw out of the corner of my eye on the left like something was like blocking the, the walkway and people were just stepping over it and its face was like, or part of this person I assume was some body layer, its face was like melting or like, or like shape shifting or something, right? I thought that part of my eye, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought I was like, wait a second, I was like, something, I was like, I gotta, I had to do a double take, right? Uh, I'm like, what, what is that? Like, what is shape shifting over there? So I stopped and I looked and it's this guy, he's laying in, in the, in like the walkway, right? People are stepping over him. He was like, he was like, you know, like a song. He was knocking on heaven's door, man. So much that the flies, the flies already knew that the motherfucker was basically dead. Because there were thousands of flies, like, congregated on his face. Oh, my God. Right? And he was just laying there. And he was still alive. He was still alive. But the flies could smell the fucking death on him, right? And like, and I, like, and like, nothing, and I, I have this. In my mind, I have this, just this vision. I mean, it literally, like his face was shape-shifting. Because there were that many flies, like, moving around. And I was like... Terrible. I was like... I didn't know what to think. I was like... You know, and what happens once you get to... In India is a terrible place. Like, this is... Like, I didn't... I... I fuck I, India. It's a terrible place. Now, I'm going to say, I was only really? in the north... They say that the South is much different, but the North is a terrible place. The people are terrible. They don't respect anything. There's no respect for women, personal space, privacy, life, cleanliness, their own temples. You see people shitting in their own temples. Well, their own well, water I, I in their think, own fucking water well. Uh, but there's no respect. For all the, only those... thing they, the only thing they respect is fucking cows. But that's not my uh, point. So my point is, it's, but it's easy for us to it's easy for us to say like these people do all that like they rush the train because they need they have to go to another place. I, I'm not even blaming the people that rush the train. Care of. They're not being taken care of. They don't. They, they don't, don't have any money. It's, to, it's a terrible place. And yeah, but it's not all because the reasons of the why it's people. terrible. It's, it's a because there's too many people. Of, uh-huh. I'm not going to go into the reasons why it's terrible, but so my point is that. Once you get to India, you will find that it hardens you. Like when you first get there, you're like, you have like this empathy in your heart starts. But after you're there for like a week, you don't care anymore. Because you can't. Because you can't. Like when you see all this, this shit, you don't like anything else. If you smell shit all day long, well, then when you see more shit, it's not. So, but that so it's moment, like we're, almost, we're almost privileged to care here. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. It takes away, it takes away your ability to care. So, 
when I saw that guy, I like, I was like torn because I was like, I know what I wanted to do, but I also know. So what do you want to do? I wanted to his misery. (laughs) No, I wanted to like be a human and go give him some kind of like help him or do something or like I wanted I wanted to do something but I wasn't that strong. I just I just stepped over him like everybody else, right? And then um then we we uh we went and got some dinner, me and my colleague, and we were at dinner and like he kept like kept like eating at me. Like shit man. Like everybody's just stepping over this mother like this is you know, I, in my brain, I call, I was kept calling it an it, because that's the way it was oh, it was treated, like an it. You know, I was like it, but it wasn't an it. It's not an it. It's a person. It's a human being. Somebody's got you know. What I, a fucking dreams, Had dreams and failures and 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 you know, like every every other. Well, it sounds like he didn't have a chance. Well, like, so it sounds like no, was, none of these people really had a chance. It was eating on me. that, like I just. Stuck over my everybody else, so I told my colleagues I, I, I gotta go do something. So I, I um, I uh, bought a bottle of water, and I went over there like in, like this day, and I was just put the bottle of water next to him, and I, I left again. But that, like even I knew that wasn't that didn't do anything. That was just that was all. Was that just it was that was for you. That yeah, was it was instant, because he couldn't, he couldn't drink the water. He didn't have the, he didn't have the strength to drink the water. I mean, he didn't, so it was insignificant. But it was for me. So I went, I put this water next to him, and I left, right? And then we, um, we went to the hotel. And, uh, this is funny. We went to the hotel, and, um, we've been in India long enough where we knew the score. We rang this little bell, and this fucking, this milk does looking, this melting milk dud looking motherfucker waddles up to the counter, you know, like melting because it's so mm-hmm. fucking hot. Yeah, so we're like we need we need a he's like we need a room. Tell us the price. And I was like, look, I was like, we don't we I like no roaches. Like I don't want no fucking roaches. He's like he's like there's no roaches here. I, I told him I was like, come on man. I'm like, come on man. I was born yesterday, but I stayed up all night. I know them motherfucking roaches here. He's like, sir, no roaches. I said, look. I'm like, look. Show us the room. I told him. I said, you show us the room. If there are no roaches, I'll give you 40% more than you're asking for. <laughs> if there are roaches, you're going to give me the motherfucking roach discount. I want a 40% discount if there are roaches. I don't know why he made that. I don't even know why he would even make that agreement. Like both of us knew that there were roaches. I mean, like, no. He was hoping God was watching over just for just for five minutes that no roaches would come in the room. Yeah, he said, okay. He said, okay, I'm gonna show him and show us the room, right? So we go up there. He like he like opens the door. He's like, oh, shit, there are roaches. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm like, I walk in the room, you know, I, both of us know there are roaches here, you know, like, I walk in the room, like, okay, no roaches. You know, I said, oh, okay, right, and I get ready to leave, 
And you ever watch that show Columbo? Remember no. Columbo? You ever watch no. Columbo? Um, Columbo was like uh, the detective TV show. It's a pretty good show. You guys should watch it if my listeners. But Columbo was like this detective, and he always played like he was stupid. And he would always do this. Like, he'd be in a, he'd be in a room, like, talking to somebody, looking for evidence, and then he would get ready to leave. He'd walk out the door, and then he'd always be like, oh, yeah, one more thing. One more thing, and he comes back in. Always. That was his thing. Like, leaving, so the guy thinks that he's won, he's getting away, and he always just would turn around, oh, one more thing. I forgot. One more thing I got to tell you. One more thing I got to check, right? So, so I walked out the door, and I was like, oh, yeah, one more thing I got to check, right? So I go back into the room, and I lift up the mattress to the, to the bed, and, like, thousands of roaches, like, just, like, scattered. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, roach discount, bitch. And um, ultimately, what he did was he, uh, you know, I wasn't really trying to take his money. I was just, what he did was he upgraded us to the the suite uh, for the same price as the room that we were getting. And granted, that had less roaches. There were less roaches in the in the suite, um, mm-hmm. but you know, in India. The whole time I was in India, with the exception of like uh, maybe like some of the nice hotels, like the Hilton that we stayed in, all of these other hotels, I always slept in my socks, in my pants, with a long sweatshirt on, with a hood over my head, with a hat on my my head, and uh, I put my uh, my a shirt over my pillow because that's how disgusting it was everywhere, and I was always still scared that a roach would crawl in my mouth or in my ear or my nose in the middle of the night and lay an egg. Uh-oh. So, but... Oh, my God. So we, got, I got a, we got a hotel. So we got a hotel. And still, I was still like this guy who was like, um, the guy was still in my mind. So, I had this resolve. I was like, you know what? I was like, I, I know what I want to do. I, I want to go back and I want to like give him some kind of like human touch or human contact in these like last moments of like existence. Um, so I went back to where he was and I got within like. Give me your hand. I got within like ten feet and like I just like seized up like I. I I don't know. I, I I just like stopped. I couldn't. I couldn't go. I couldn't make any. I, honestly, it's like I got some kind of rigor mortis or like paralyzed. It, I like the strangest thing. Like I could not fucking take another step. I couldn't. I don't know. I didn't have the strength. I, I, I my, as I got closer, like I felt. I on. I felt my like strength wane. I felt my like. I felt it like drain from my body. Like oh, like. Like literally, like a like a computer character, like a game character. You see, you know, you see like his strength. Go, boom! I felt it. Like and I got within about ten feet of him, and I couldn't fucking move. Like I could, I could not move. And I stood there. Um, and dude died. Like dude died. Like while I was there. Like I could see him. This was the last second. And I stood there, and he died. And I was standing there. I knew when he died. I mean, like, I, I, he, oh my God. I, I can tell you, I like, this is weird. This is weird thing. Like, I want to say, like, 
I could like see like his soul leave his body, but it wasn't like it was, I, I used the word see, but it was not really like see. It's not like see like you you see with your eyes. But I'm using the word see because like that's the only word I can use to describe it, even though it wasn't like visually seeing it. Right? I don't I don't know how to explain it, but someone used the word see, or maybe I could use the word sense. But it was more than sense because I could see it, even though I couldn't yeah, see yeah. it. I, I, it's I because see our it. bodies, like, you know, they vibrate, like, with life. We we move a little bit. Like, we're always just shaking a little bit. And once it stops, we just become – even when we're sleeping, we're moving. But when we actually stop moving like that, it's like literally you're seeing the vibrations cease. And Maybe. your soul is gone. And so – Dude died, and I was like five, seven, ten feet away from him. And the whole time, I was telling myself, I want to go. There. I, I, I was happening. I'm like, I want to. I, I know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go there and like give him some of this like compassion. Or maybe he never even had any compassion any time in his life. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I couldn't. I, I like, I, I physically could not. And then he died, and then I stood there for like. I don't know. Could have been ten minutes. Could have been an hour. I don't. I don't really know how long I stood there for. And uh, um, finally, I went home, and I was like, I had this like gripping sense of like failure. That like, how could you be so weak? You know, like, you know, how did you? How did you not have the strength? To be able to do that, you know what you wanted to do, you know what you needed to do, and like, you know, you were right there, but like, you just, you just couldn't walk. It doesn't, you just stopped, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, and then I, upon reflection, started realizing that like that experience, that kind of strength, that takes, is like few and far between. I mean, that's like, it's like. You know, like uh, like a, a Mother Teresa strength, or like Martin Luther King, or somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like, it's like a superhuman strength. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not something that everybody has. But this so. this is what comes to mind when you're saying this, though, because it's very interesting. Some of these things. So, do you think that it was a coincidence that he died when you like went back? Like, I, I think because I'm not, I, I don't like, I'm not the most religious person, but I think that there's something about spirituality and living. Uh, I, I, I think that you weren't supposed to touch him. You were supposed to come back. That effect that you felt that, the, you know, that effect that you felt was him about to die. And and it, it was like, it, it's a very, I think it was a very special thing. It was like, you were supposed to. To, to watch, you were supposed to just be there and offer your final, like the last, not words, but the last, just, just being there with him when he transitioned. I, I, I think that it's not a coincidence. You give him water, you know, and then he that, dies. That was and he, comes back. he couldn't, he, he couldn't use that water. Yeah. That water was untouched. It was like, you know, as a dying man, he could not. There was no way. It was just. Here's the thing. He's like, that is the time in my life I felt like the most drained of like 
any power or any strength. It was a time that I felt like I had failed like 100% and that like, you know, I know what I needed to do, but I just like, whatever, couldn't do it. But here's the interesting thing. We, we speak about people that have this strength, right? So you talk about like Martin Luther King and, you know, you are taking on the burdens of all the people that have neglected this man. Like, that's what's interesting. You, what, how you're feeling is how everybody should have felt. And if people actually felt that way, then this man wouldn't have ended up in this way. So you're taking on that burden. And so if this guy, he lived, if he lived an insignificant life, right, if someone were to look and say that, he didn't because you felt that. And in some way, you're going to give back to the world his this, this feeling that he gave to you. Um, so it's not in vain the way he passed, and he must know it for just being you know, a part of the universe. I don't know if it's in vain. It was just an experience that stuck with me. But here's the thing yeah. I thought after that. I, cause I thought a lot about strength and, you know, like, what people do and what they can do and what, um, you know, and we're not talking about physical strength, but and then I started thinking about Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King and, like, Nelson Mandela, these people that we would – arguably put on a pedestal and said that they had some kind of like uh, superhuman strength to, 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 to Gandhi so on and so forth. Well, here's the thing is that like Mother Teresa had the strength to feed all these poor people and be with those poor people. But what she didn't have the strength to do was to stop her mission from selling children in a sex slavery, which she knew was going on. She didn't have the strength to stop that. Martin Luther King had the strength to let motherfuckers beat him with a sick, sick dogs on him, but he didn't have the strength to, when uh, his uh, junior reverend was raping a woman right in front of him, and he was sitting there laughing. It's true. Uh, Nelson Mandela had the strength to sit 26 years in prison, but he didn't have the strength to say, no, it's not okay for me to blow up schools with children in it, which he did. Or he ordered, you know, uh, Gandhi uh, had the strength to, uh, you know, to do what he did, but he didn't have the strength to where he, he didn't keep sex slaves. I mean, it was his own. He had sex slaves? I heard he just slept around them to to not give in to temptation. That's what I heard. No, they were, they were, they were enslaved. I mean, they weren't, they weren't free to leave. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, I just started thinking about that and, you know, and, and, you know, all our listeners, people might want to say, oh, that's bullshit. You never heard that about Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Mother Teresa or Nelson Mandela. Well, do your own research and you will find out that I'm not making this up. And, and by no means am I, am I taking away from what they did. And then we come to the question of, does, do somebody's actions that are very good, do they mean less if that person does terrible things too? Do my good actions mean less yeah, if, if, I'm, if I'm if I'm a child murderer? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, there, there was no. I, I Dave Chappelle. He had he he had this comedy thing, and he said it was about talking about Bill Cosby. 
and it was I don't know if you've seen it, but he he yeah, raced that's, that's, eight. Yeah, that's 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 I guess that what Bill Cosby did all those good things that Bill Cosby did with the children. So I think that does, does that yeah is that is that is that uh, you know canceled out because he was well that's so so that's we 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 glorify the good in people right and we praise them like heroes and that's how that's every single story every single story that, that we listen to of heroes it's it's normally all this fucking great that they do and so once you learn that they have some bad you can it, it, it can take away but but you start to realize that they're just like humans just like everybody else but what we like about them is that they're not human that they're superhuman that they're that they're well, special that they don't make mistakes that they're perfect that's what we like that that they're so amazing and and once we realize that they have this bad they're just like me and i'm not special and it's like well, here's here's the thing I I, I, re- I recognize because I you know I spent some time thinking about this, um, you know a lot of these people that did like very good things that we would say are like saintly good things, right? Did just as horrible, horrible, terrible things. Like Mother Teresa, they sold. Many, many children in the sex leverage. Did you have the power to stop that? It was through her mention. Oh, well, I mean, I, I wasn't there with, I wasn't there with Mother Teresa, but. Because sometimes hope, people are, you would people hope are that, in positions that, that if they, if they did stop it, they would have compromised the entire thing. Like, I, I oh, this is something. Winston. So Chico, then I guess it comes down to, I guess, that, I guess that comes down to then, then, at what point do we say that the the good that I'm doing for feeding somebody is that is that how it, how is it that, that that a sale where that's worth like worth the, the, the trauma that you're gonna you're gonna impose on somebody else being a sex uh-huh. I mean, have you seen the imitation game with Benedict? Cumberbatch? No, but you imagine you you imagine Nelson Mandela. I wasn't with yeah. Mother Teresa, so obviously I can't say whether or not. Like, she had the power to stop it. I know that she knew it was going on, and she did not stop it. That's all I know. So one might say, well, she didn't have... But with Nelson Mandela, it is clear he signed the orders, and he gave the orders to blow up schools and kill children and kill civilians from prison. He, personally, so nothing, and again, I'm not, I'm not judging it. I'm not, and I'm not even saying that I wouldn't do the same thing. I very well might in that position say, you know what, fuck it. You know, some some uh, some white children dying from a bomb when my, my brethren are getting killed tenfold by some fucked up system. I, I might I might do the same thing. Maybe I, so I'm not I'm not judging. You know, I, I'm just I'm just saying that I've noticed that people that are doing these really like saintly things are doing, at the same time, ha- tend to be doing some really, really devilish things too. It's like it's like there's no middle ground. Uh-huh. Or uh, maybe we're all like that. I mean, maybe maybe you do. No, exactly. And in in a way, the media they can they can their their, their purpose is to to have some kind of checks and balances with people so that you know 
even good people, they can't do bad things. People will know about them. But it's then it's like the media just gets pumped up with money to deliver all these bad messages to to highlight those. And you can't look past them. Like I hear like I'm for uh, BLM. But then the media starts putting out like articles like, oh, oh, uh, the leader of the BLM has millions of dollars that he's not giving. And it's like and, and that kind of goes it can go against the causes. And it's always a back and forth, back and forth. Now we can't have real heroes now because there's always going to be some dirt on somebody. Nobody's, nobody's perfect. And so something I want to bring up in, um, in World War II, Winston Churchill, like, you know, he had a crew. Winston Churchill was a piece of shit. Winston Churchill was a war monster and a piece of shit. No, I, 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 you know, I, but there was an Alan Turing. Alan Turing. Uh, he he created a machine. It was the first computer to decode the German, um, you know, the, the German messages. And, and, and yeah, and he decoded it. And then they knew that uh, they knew that the, the Germans were going to bomb this this place. And they had like a day, you know. And Winston Churchill decided not to act on it because if he acted on it. Everybody, uh, then, then they couldn't stop all of these, uh, they, you know, the knowledge of knowing the codes, um, they could do little things so that the Germans wouldn't, you know, figure it out and change, change it up. And so does the, does the ends justify the means? You know, it, he, all those um, people died. All those people died. Uh, in, in, but in the short term, but for the long term goal, that's, that's the thing. For every single thing that you see, so, some of the things, they have an overlap. Right, where if these if these heroes who who did bad, if they stopped, if they if they didn't allow the bad to happen, you know, it could have just you know. I would say and mission. I'm just saying that that. I, I mean, I would say, I would say, in my view, generally, we would see the ends justify the means, and so in that case, if you said the ends justify the means, we could um, we could put say Nelson Mandela on a different shelf than say Bill Cosby or a different shelf than say um, uh, Mother Teresa. Meaning that like with Nelson Mandela you can say, well he was he was blowing up kids in schools and so on and so forth. But these bad these what quote unquote you know evil actions were in furtherance towards this goal. So he was doing that because it, somehow he saw that doing this was going to destabilize the government, and this and this and this would lead to um, these. This was some sort of part of the plan to bring him down apartheid. So that was sort of an end to justify the means. But when we're talking about something like, uh, you know, Mother Teresa, them, them selling sex slaves, well, how is selling sex slaves uh, somehow? part of the plan. So I, I don't know anything forward. about it, but this is something that I can think of right now. Uh, if she had to give up people that were working under her, that were the ones selling the sex slaves, and in, in doing, in, in uh, turning them in, it jeopardizes her mission. That's the only thing I can think of. And I don't, I don't know anything well, about it, but... Well, how about, but, like, 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 or even go, say, like, Bill Cosby. How did him uh, drugging and raping women have anything, you know, uh, with somehow um, some ends 
you know, some means to like, true, you know, true. educating children. I, I think that separating those things would definitely they, – they are completely different in that way. One is for pleasure. Well, um, well, you know what I mean. One is is, uh, is is more just the human evil where Mother Teresa maybe tried to turn um, another cheek to, to keep her mission alive. It just depends on the motives, I guess. I, I, I think that it is interesting, and, and it does matter. Um I don't know. Policy. I mean, the question still comes. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Do you do you think that somebody the terrible thing somebody did does, does that does that cancel out the good things that they do? I think that the, the I think that their message is is clear. Um, the good is clear. It's it's how we praise them, I guess. Like, can you can you respect the message that that somebody has? And when you find out he's a terrible person in other ways, um, does that does that delegitimize the message? No, technically it doesn't. But we're human, right? And so when we we how we measure everything is with a balance. So at some point, if someone cre- if if the, the your favorite person has enough evil, when she realizes it, you might just kind of disregard the entire message. But that's just because that's we're human. That's how we, that's how we rate things. There's an author, famous author called Charles Bukowski. He wrote Bukowski. Yeah, Bukowski. Charles Bukowski, and I encourage everybody to, to read it. He wrote beautiful books, like just beautiful books, like full of like knowledge and beauty and poetry and like prose, like just gorgeous books, like but. If you, he was a, probably the worst human being that has like ever lived on the face of the planet. <laughs> like a disgusting, terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible human. And I encourage everybody to read about it. just a terrible human being. Like I know an, like, another guy. Yeah, who's that? R. Kelly. Oh yeah, R. R- Kelly. I, mean, I actually have something to say about this. So I love listening to R. Kelly. Like it was before I learned about. He's got some stuff. beautiful music. It's also about women. It's also about loving women. And in, 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 in a lot and, of times, it's in a good way. It's in a, in a good way. And, and unity. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then it's like you realize there's like, he, it's like with that, he loves women, but it turns into this fucking evil peeing thing. And way more than that. And yeah, it's kind of like you, you get, uh, you get duped a little bit, but the music still has that passion there. It's like Louis C.K., who is my favorite comedian. Half of his jokes were about well, masturbating, jokes, and those yeah, are the ones jokes, I love the most. His jokes take a, take, become a, like a more more telling once you realize that like he just like walk up and like masturbate on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you think know, he made those jokes they about like joke walking up and masturbating on. I think it makes it more. I think they make it just more fun. Honestly, <laughs> that says something about you. But no, I still love Lucy K. I think Lucy K. fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, like, what he did was wrong. Um, was it? Though? But I mean, <laughs> well, he 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 didn't. 
from what I understand, he would ask people. He wouldn't just go. He wouldn't just start asking. So he would ask. No, no. Because look, look, he can do it. with asking somebody. True. He, true. He, no, no, no. He no. say yes or no. Yeah, but you can debate whether anything is right or wrong. Like, like, so you can say why it's wrong, right? Th- those points still matter. It's just someone, you well, know, I, the, his, debate his is, the debate is when someone has power over someone else in some capacity, it could technically always be perceived as being I wrong. I mean, look, we're, we are all, we, we got to be treated as adults. I don't think there's anything wrong if I, if I look, he asked, from my understanding, he would say, hey, do you mind if I masturbate on you? And, you know, he never, he didn't force himself. And, you know, let's be adults. Let's, let's, uh, what if, what if the, that is true. That is true. But, um, that is true. But then it's like, what if the other person thought, not that, I don't think he would. I don't think he would ever do it. But what if, the, what if the other person thought that he would try to ruin the person's life? And then that person. I think. But from what I understand, he even, like, he even prefaced it. I think he even, like, prefaced it. He was, like, said, you know, and, and like, you know, when you're, you you feel like you're imposing on somebody and you go, hey, man, can I ask you a question? I mean, it's totally cool if you say no. You know, I'm not going to be mad. You know, it's, it's your choice. So, uh, but I understand, he prefaced it like that. He did, he did preface it. He did every – I'm saying he did every single thing. Uh, but it doesn't. But still, you know, you can't control how other people think. He's a martyr. I consider, I consider him a martyr. Right? He's gonna get forty virgins. He's gonna get forty virgins. He's gonna be able to masturbate all over all of them without even asking. You know? So like, I think, dude, I think he's, I think he's a genius. I, I really do. I, I, he's the funniest person I've ever. Listen to, he is the fun, and I think he's a good. I think he's an amazing person. I think he would you he understand uh, would you let him, very would, deep level. Would you let him masturbate on me? <laughs> oh, I would be on. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, no, I mean, but like, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Like, the, the have you people, ever? Have you ever exposed what? yourself to anybody? Not a serious question. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Like, like, we're like, yeah, like, did you ever like drive around in a car? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, wow. no. Booting. No. <laughs> hey, you want to see this bird? It can fly. <laughs> like, but no, no. Um, because you know, like, that. You moon people you know, before, right? Oh. Yeah, but I don't. I I'm trying to think when I was. I definitely mooned people before, but I'm pretty sure it's just all been um, just like being in the lock the locker room with a bunch of guys, like oh well, you know, you know but not jump down. No, because I, I I don't want to show a, a girl my hairy ass cheeks, like unless like we're smashing or whatever. But yeah, I don't uh, know. Maybe it was a different time back in the day, I guess. You know, now, now you show one ass cheek and you go to jail for, you know. You yeah, this world is crazy. You can't do anything. But, you know, uh, there's a couple of stories, and we can talk about this next week, uh, from um, when I went to Catholic school and from summer camp that I know mm. for a fact that sexual abuse was going on. And um, oh, shit. I, I didn't realize this until later on. Because, you know, when you're a kid, 
you see things that you don't really you don't really know how to put them in context. You're not old enough. You don't really know score. You don't know what's going on. You're just a dumb kid. Like you're like whatever. Like things, but you know later on in life when you get older, you look back, you're like holy shit. There was definitely sexual abuse going on. And uh, I, I uh, in Catholic school in um, the uh, YMCA camp that I was going to, I know for a fact that there was sexual abuse going on. Never happened to me, but I know for a fact it was going on because now some of the things that I saw as I'm older, mm-hmm. I can look back to like that. That doesn't. That does not fit in any other context other than some kind of sexual abuse is going on. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I could, I could definitely believe it because back in the day, like th- things are. Well, I mean, things are still really bad now, but I think that there's a lot more precautions. At, in my, you know, my age, uh, people, people thought a little bit more about all this stuff. Like during your time, that, that you know, the Catholics or the the priests were, were you know, doing crazy shit. Yeah, but no, but we talk about it now. Like even the Pope has said stuff about it, which that was a big fucking deal. Like we needed a one South American Pope to, but um, no, it's definitely still really bad. But we still have you seen Spotlight? It's a no. What is Spotlight? Spotlight's a movie uh, on like how the media um, released this story. It was like one of the first stories in in Boston, you know, when all the, you know, the, the crazy Irish Catholic priests were just, you know, yeah. dealing kids and then said, and then they would go to another, um, another church and then diddle kids and then another church and they, the kids would have to sign waivers, you know, yeah. and it, it was just, it's terrible. You know, it's terrible. Like these people that are when, supposed to be the most trusting are fucking like monsters. And yeah, I like, I, they must be, they have to be mentally ill, these people, right? They have When to I was Ill. 20, I worked for this um, government radio station called Radio Free Asia. And um, many of the times, like, what I would do, I'd have to, like, have to, well, I'd have to, like, watch all this congressional testimony and stuff and take notes. And sometimes they'd send me down there to, like, listen and stuff like that. And um, there was... Um, Congressional testimony. This is right when that Catholic, the Boston Catholic uh, scandal was just like airing itself out. And they had, mm-hmm. they had Cardinal Law, who was the, the Archbishop of the Boston Diocese. And he was in front of Congress. And they were like, they were like, oh, uh, you know, talking to him. They were like, oh, did you, uh, did you know, um, did you know all this stuff was going on? I'm paraphrasing, but the senator asked him, did you know all this stuff was going on? He said, uh, no, I had no idea any of this going on. It's news to me. It's terrible. It's disgusting. I'm as, uh, you know, horrified by it as everyone else is. Something like that. Anyway. And the congressman's like, mm, okay. Uh, yeah, congressman's like, uh, final answer? He's like, yeah, final answer. The congressman's like, oh, okay. Um, he said, he said to him, oh, can you, uh, he said, can you take this, take this paper over to Cardinal Law? And the porter or whatever came and got the paper and took it over to Cardinal Law. 
I said, uh, Cardinal Law, can you, uh, can you, can you read the, uh, the, uh, highlighted paragraph? Read that highlighted paragraph for me. Cardinal Law reads the highlighted paragraph. It's an excerpt from a letter. The defense at least says, like, I know priests are fucking boys, but I don't care. I'm just going to reassign them. Maybe you can get reassigned. No, that's why it's they're essentially admitting that they knew what was going on, right? And uh, uh-huh. Cardinal Law reads it, and he says, uh, "He says, uh, uh, can you uh, read uh, whose whose signature there is at the bottom <laughs> of that letter, <laughs> and whose name do you think was at the bottom of the letter?" The guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, he his own name, like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no idea who no, they did. <laughs> I, I don't think he read it. I think he said something like, oh, "It appears, it appears to be my name on the bottom." I don't think he read it. <laughs> it appears to be, you know, my name on that. And he said, he said, and the the, the congressman's like, uh, asked him uh, uh, you, something about do you do you want to change your answer and he said no he's like he said I don't I don't I don't recall ever writing that letter. I don't I don't recall that. I'm sticking with my answer. I plead the fifth. And no he didn't plead the fifth. He just said he said he didn't remember he didn't remember writing uh-huh. that letter. And um you know I always um I always thought that like that proved that almost proves to me that there either there is no God or God really needs to hire some kind of showmanship agent to help him with his PR. Meaning that if, so either God's so bland, he's got no showmanship, or he doesn't exist. If he had showmanship, you know what he would do? He would strike that guy down with lightning. I was coming outside of the freaking, boom! Coming outside yeah. of the condo. That same, that same week, I remember that that was on air, there, there was a, um, there was another story in Baltimore. Uh, there was a 23-year-old kid who, maybe 23, maybe 24, he, uh, he was molested by um, a priest. And the strange was that this was a, he was molested, black kid, molested by a black priest. And they say that generally they don't, more white males are doing the molesting than black males. Bit, that's what I, yeah, that's what I thought too. But, but in this case, it was a black priest and he had, allegedly molested this um, uh, kid. And the kid in Baltimore walked up into him in the street and was like, hey, Mr. Priest, you know, I really, you know, I, I try to come to grips uh, with what you did to me. I really, I just want you to apologize to me and tell me that, that it wasn't my fault. Something like that, along those lines. Uh-huh. And uh, it said, in the story anyways goes that the priest, the priest laughed in his face, and so the kid, the kid uh, pulled out, uh, pulled out a nine millimeter and shot him five times. Oh my god! And um, the priest survived. Uh, they arrested the the child. They arrested the kid for uh, you know premeditated. I don't know if it was first degree, second degree. I think it was. I think it whatever. He was on. He went on trial for murder. He he got acquitted though. Which I was very happy with. Uh, that's, they, okay. that's, that's they, you know, I I think the jury was sympathetic when because at mm-hmm. that point that point the whole the whole Catholic sex abuse scandal when the trial came was well out in the open and I think probably everybody um, accepted that 
beyond a reasonable doubt, this kid probably uh, was molested by this priest. And somebody who is going to molest a kid and lie about it over the years probably has the faculty to uh, laugh at somebody when they ask for some kind of apology, and so, yeah. so they acquitted him. Yeah. But um, that puts us in about an hour and a half. I, I know I wanted to speak about some other things today, but we got off track. Uh, so everybody who is listening, um, next week we, we're going to talk about some some uh, analytical frameworks um, from uh, some research on terrorism and about um, how some of these politicians uh, can manipulate populations. Everybody have a great day, and we Look will out. speak to you next. We'll speak to you next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.